And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 263 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, March 18th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's definitely going to be watching the Snyder Cut of Justice League, Mr. Joe Polizzi. I am. I I am, too. I definitely am. I've devoted four hours of my life tomorrow night to watch this movie. Okay, here's my question for you. This this is a completely new movie, or this is a recut? As I understand it, um, and I have been doing a total geek out on this. Um, I, as I understand it, what happened was Snyder had shot most of what we are going to see the first time around when, when he did the movie. Right. And then of course he left the movie, um, and went off and took care of his family business as well as, you know, there was all kinds of, you know, I guess rumored reasons for him leaving the movie, but you know, because they wanted, he I heard they wanted to shot mess with most of what I heard they wanted to mess with. Yeah. And his goal was by the way, to shoot a three hour movie. Okay. He wanted to make a, he wanted to make an epic. And then when JJ Abrams was brought in to quote unquote, fix it, he only kept around half an hour ish of footage from what Snyder made. That's how, as, as I understand it. So what we're going to see is 30 minutes roughly of footage, maybe more. It, it's, it's a little you know under debate about how much footage, but roughly let's call it 30 to 45 minutes of footage that we've seen before, but that would be Snyder footage. Apparently Snyder didn't keep really anything that J.J. Abrams shot. So it's so a, this is it's a brand a, new. It, it's pretty much a new. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Well, I heard here, the right? Joker. Yeah, Joker, the Joker's in got, this one. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's new, ish. And as I understand it, people are generally happy with it. I mean, it's it's considered indulgent. I think that was the one word I saw because it's four hours long and it's just long. But I hear it's good. Well, you know what's going to happen if it's really good, then more people will sign up to HBO Max. Which then I'll continue <laughs> to destroy you in the yes. Apple TV yes. Plus versus HBO Max. That Which, by the way, is and not a part for, of the show. But thank you, you for just, tying those things together because that's that's really what this that's was exactly all about. Right. Was that's exactly right. That was the setup. And you opened. I mean, you opened the window on that one, and I'm closing the door. So I, <laughs> whatever that is. I, <laughs> no, did you see? I tweeted tweeted out, and I said HBO Max. We're not talking about it, but. They're raising their numbers. They're like, things are en fuego at HBO Max headquarters. And they're... Yeah. Well, I think, you know, look, here, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not conceding yet. And I, and I absolutely, um, after that came out this week, uh, and I tweeted at you. I said, yes, of course, this looks like you're running away with it. Um, but we'll see what Apple has to say for themselves. The, the challenge is Apple doesn't report it, so it's hard. Um, to get, you know, and I, th- I have to think that Ted Lasso has helped them drive subscribers. By the way, as we were talking about pre-show, maybe the greatest series on any streaming network right now. It is, Ted Lasso. It, it is, you know, the two, my two favorite series of the last year and a half is Ted Lasso and uh, call my agent. Both of them. Call my agent. I have not watched. That. So Where's heartwarming. That? What's what's call my agent? Call my agent. It's a French show, and it's about French movie agents, talent agents in Paris. Um, and it's just it's a delight. Are you the show. only it's one that's so, watched this? What? That is not true. That call is not what? true. It is if if you look out there, it is a it is the most popular show to come out of France. Um, in a very, very long time, and it is a very popular show here. I had no idea. Is that on Peacock? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
No, it's on Netflix. It's on, you can find it on it's Netflix. On and it's Peacock Paramount Plus. Yeah. CBS yeah. All Access Discovery. That's right. <laughs> laugh, laugh as you will, monkey boy. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. It sounds like it's worth checking out. It but, is. It's absolutely. But delightful. you like that it's more so, than Schitt's Creek? You know, I can't get into Schitt's Creek. Hmm. I just can't get into it. I, you have to get through I, like I, the I have first tried, six episodes. We've, we've, you know, and maybe it's because we haven't really given it a good run. You know, we've tried an episode and then didn't like it that much, and then somebody said, "Oh no, you got to give it another chance." And so I gave it another chance, and I didn't really love it for episode two. And I've been very spot on and spot off about it. So, you know, maybe I need to give it. Somebody told me you really need to give it an entire season, and season two is really you probably where it gets do fantastic. I actually, yeah, I, I've not. I don't think I watched any of season two. I think I skipped to season four, which I know is sacrilegious, but it was a little slow from the start. But then my wife got into it, and then I started watching the end with her, and it was. Great. I hear it's very heartwarming as well when it gets really? into it. Really? Oh my god! She's every other episode, she's crying. Like and anything in ep- in season five and six, forget it. Like I can't be in the room because there's, you know, there's a tidal wave of tears from Shit's Creek. Okay, all right. Well, that's but nothing that's, that's like Ted Lasso, which I cry during the whole thing because it's just beautiful. Oh, Ted Lasso is so wonderful. And did you know that I tweeted out, this is whatever, six months ago when I first started watching it, and I tweeted out and I said how much I love Ted Lasso. It was my favorite by far, highly recommended, and Jason Sudeikis liked my tweet. So that, that is how amazingly famous I am because I'm best that's- Twitter buds. With Jason Sudeikis. You are, you are, you are so special. <laughs> we, 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 we believe in you, Joe. You'll do well in this world. Oh, see now. Now that Jason Sudeikis has liked your tweet. I was laughing there and my arm started hurting. That's not good. <laughs> but that's good news. Hey, well, we, just, yeah, I got. That just shows how old you I are. Got, <laughs> I received vaccination shot number one yesterday. Good yes, for you. I know. I'm telling everyone because. Because I want, you know, I want people to get it. I know a lot of people that are not getting it. Well, that's the new, I have an invite to Clubhouse, right? Is the, you know, I just got my shot. Yes, it is. Yes. And I had to put it out there. And uh, because I have people that are very close to me that don't want to get it and are very scared. And I get it. And depends on which particular news outlets or things you read. Or no, you or I don't or get it. I, dark I, YouTube I, I, videos. I don't understand that. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I understand the whole. You know. Um, no, I don't actually understand the whole thing. I, you know, it, it's it's. Have you yeah, ever watched? Get your have shot. you ever watched a certain conservative network for like four hours in a row? Have you ever just? Oh, sit, I, yeah. Yeah. Then how do you not understand? No, that? I'm not for four hours in a row. I'm not insane. But I'm just saying, yeah. if you do, then you get it. Like I, oh, I, yeah, no, I, no, yeah. <laughs> Understanding and sympathy are two okay. very different things. <laughs> it's the, you know, it's the wonderful, um, it's Homer Simpson when he goes, you know, just because I understand, honey, doesn't mean I care. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I got mine. I got, uh, and by the way, I didn't skip. The line in Ohio, it's moving really, really well, and uh, I went over. That's to, excellent news. Yeah, I went over to a local uh, drugstore and pharmacy, and got an appointment and got in there and and I, I was really concerned because, of course, yesterday you know we recorded the this um, the day after St. Patrick's Day, and I was yeah. very concerned because I said, now what if just say perhaps. I'm going to run this situation by you that I might have a drink or two later. Is that okay? (laughs) And she was so cute. She said, well, what the pharmacy doesn't know isn't going to hurt the pharmacy. And I said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She was so cute. That's very good. That's very good. And you said it's moving a little. And you're here to say that other than a sore arm, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, a little little soreness to the arm. I'm a little uh, talkative. (laughs) <laughs> well, just no, jabbering that is, on. That's about, not the that's not the vaccine yeah, talking. That's, just, that's that's your normal self. My own shenanigans. But uh, but you said yeah. in, in uh, it's not it's moving okay. 
in California? Like you're getting Yeah, there? it's just, you know, we're a big state, right? I mean, we're, you know, you know, the population of the LA County area is probably that of most of Ohio. So yeah, it's true. just, you know, it's just a lot of people to get vaccinated and and you know, it's been it's been moving very well here. Um certainly much better in the last, let's call it month, um month and a half than it had been in December. Um but yeah, it's moving very, very quickly here. They're going to open it up here in the next couple of weeks to, to you know, to those over forty or something like that. They've they've done a lot of the you know sort of opening it up to people with different conditions and teachers and all of that. They just haven't opened the age thing up yet, and I just haven't you know, quite honestly, I could do the thing where you sign up for the waste list yep. and go get it. <clears throat> I just haven't been in any big rush to be honest because I'm still at home and there's no real reason for me to jump in line so I figure let everybody who needs to get it get it and when they open it up I'll run down to the CVS or my doctor or whatever and get it so yeah that's I mean I think that's the way to do it and that's I I was I didn't want to take anybody's spot but it seems like in Ohio every, no the waste list is well, a great like, way to but that's do what it. I'm yeah. saying everybody who wants to get one now in Ohio is going is getting one in the next week like they're yeah they're almost like we're getting to Alaska type type thing here in Ohio, whatever they've done. We've cornered the market in Ohio. But but yeah. I you know, we have friends of the show, this show, this old marketing show, that I've talked to in the last week, one in Mexico and one in Denmark, where first of all, Mexico, they haven't had the shot yet, as far as talking to this person, and in Denmark they're still on lockdown. So it's it's a really yeah, different Yeah, well, and Italy just went back out. into lockdown. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really it's quite different around the world right now. So our our heart I hope uh those uh, countries get the vaccine. But that's what I, I you know, again, people don't like the USA because I think we just that's all we did, right? We just bought up all the vaccine as quickly as possible. And so that's it. Sorry the, yeah. to the rest of the world. Well, yes. I mean, I think there's not the rest of the it's not world. Very but nice. I think, you know, there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Well, we have a lot of international Americans listeners have not here. Been, we are sorry. If there's one thing that Americans have never been accused of, it's being too nice. <laughs> kind of shoving our way in there. Yep. But again, the loud Americans. We just take it all. Take it all. Take all <laughs> the vaccine. So why? Because red, white, and blue. That's why. Anyways, so do we? Uh, well, we have some fun stuff to start with, yeah. But yeah, it was a big it was a big week for 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 news this week. We actually have some interesting fun stuff to talk about now. We, just a, just on the same topic as Ted Lasso and great shows, <clears throat> we are. I guess this is really opening up the news here, but you know, it's a fun thing to talk about. Which is, well, Joe, did your favorite star get nominated for an Oscar? Oscar nominations came out this week. And the big story, of course, that we'll put into the show notes is from Axios. And the, I guess, news, if there is such a thing, is that Netflix dominated, I mean, just dominated Oscar nominations here, a whopping 35 Oscar nominations, this according to Axios that we'll link in the show notes. And it's a record um, for both Netflix and, quite frankly, a record for any single studio the streaming giant, the news article says, spent an unprecedented amount of money on content last year, while traditional movie studios were handicapped by theater closures um, in the same time period. And it goes on to talk about some of the others as well. I, what I noted when is the first thing I saw when I saw this chart was that the top three are Netflix, Disney, and Amazon. Um, but if you add up Netflix and Amazon, the two non-conventional additions to this list, that's 50 nominations between the two of them, which is more than everybody else combined, which is a pretty amazing statistic when you think about it, that Netflix and Amazon have more Oscar nominations than every other movie studio combined. You remember, I would love to know the episode because remember you and I had the conversation and I think it was, I think it was Amazon that got the nomination for something. This is the first time it was happening. And you and I said, in a few years... It's going to be all Netflix and Amazon. That's right. It was and everybody about, were laughing at I us. Say a like, year ago, a year, year and a yeah. half ago, maybe. And now here we are. 
we uh, if we were only this good at the lottery but (laughs) yeah it's it really it really is amazing the problem is and you and i talked about this i haven't watched a lot of these movies and usually i do usually i mean in the past pam and i made it an effort to go because every tuesday during the day we went to a amc movie and we did our five dollar you know i love going there just for popcorn oh man i can't wait to go back sometime we're gonna go do that but then we would go and we would make a make it a point to see the the uh the top uh, nominations for movie of the year and now <laughs> it's like okay where do i gotta go i gotta go Two on Amazon. I got to go two on Netflix. I, I, where do I got to go for all these things? I haven't seen many of them. I've seen The Trial of Chicago 7. Other than that, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. And it really, I think, speaks to the complete flip of the way that we consume content on our thing that hangs on the wall or sits on top of our fireplace, whatever it is, that thing you call it. Some might call it a television. Some might call it just a monitor into the internet streaming content, you know, whatever it is for you. Well, you know, if you look at the movies that are nominated, I think this is the first year ever that I have not finished any of the best picture nominees. I mean, I used to watch them religiously i would i would if there was one category that i knew that i was going to be seeing every single movie in it would be best picture but you know this year's best picture right the father judas and the black messiah mank minari nomadland promising young woman sound of metal the trial of the chicago seven those are the best pictures this year and i've seen none of them i started trial of the chicago seven and hated it so much i turned it it off i didn't see it got whatever seven nominations I thought it was fine. Yeah, I I liked. Uh, it was Borat. so. I like Borat's it, performance. I'm getting my movies yeah, mixed I up he here. Yeah, and I just <laughs> I I thought it called so much attention to itself. It's like, look how important my language. You know, this is Aaron Sorkin, right? When he's supposed to be amazing, yeah. and he's such a wonderful writer, but it was so overwritten. It was like, oh, this is so important. You know, you must listen to my oratory. It's like. God, yeah, I just can't take it. Okay, so here's my here's my question. When, like, we've talked about the fact, that, okay, you've got Amazon and Netflix and all these non-traditional movie producers that are now making waves and will, for as far as we can see, for a long time now. What's the right? When does the when does a Burger King or a Starbucks <laughs> or I'm serious, like let's because it's coming, right? It's going to happen. Where I mean, we, we we're going to talk about something later in the show where Anheuser Busch, uh, you know, has their own sports programming. Talk I show, mean, this yeah. is this is not just once every other company. This is happening all over the place. So it just it's only a matter of time before you know regular product brands get into this business. Well, you can argue that Lego's already broken that. Well, that's true. You know. That's true. Yeah. I mean. Lego's already there. They right? are. They've been Lego Movie. I I'm sure was nominated for something. Best animated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I believe it was. So so maybe we are already there. I guess people just aren't noticing because, oh, yeah, of course Lego. And, oh, of course Amazon. And now it's just like no right. big deal. Yeah. So, But I think it's I think it's still the perception is, is that if you're a regular you know, enterprise brand, that this is something you couldn't or shouldn't do. And I don't think that's true anymore. No, I think those lines are blurring a lot. You know, I mean, something that came out a couple of weeks ago that we actually didn't cover on the show was how Mattel, the toy company, has now created an entire division of its company to focus on feature films for all of its brands, right? For Barbie, for Hot Wheels, for all. So it's it's and and hired by the way one of the premier. Uh, movie producers um, to to lead the company, so it's you know it, it's happening. Well, even Joe Kalinowski and I were talking about the other day about He Man starting out with a comic book, and you're just not doing a comic book today. You're starting out with doing series, episodes, movies. It's just gone to the next level entirely. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, you mentioned Blurred Lines. Maybe this is what Robin Thicke was talking about when he recorded Blurred Lines. Maybe it was about this wow. exact thing. That is, an, uh, that is an oddly specific reference. Uh, you said you know. Blurred Lines, and I was just, I was like, <laughs> Blurred Lines. I think you want to. You know, that got into it. It's just. Uh, it's, yeah, well, we should move on. We should <laughs> move on. It was about this. It wasn't about. It, we should move other. on because. Okay. What do we got? Anytime Robin Thicke enters the conversation, you need to move on. I like Robin Thicke. Don't you watch the, the Mask Singer? He's. Uh, uh, no, I do not. He's the, yeah, uh, no. he's, he's one of the judges. He's amazing. I'm so glad that you've. We we have this intimate look into your media consumption habits, and it's 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 paying That's off. The one in show that I, I did I did watch the guilty pleasure of, but we didn't watch the whole show. We would forward to the end to see who was in the costume. So we literally watched ten minutes of every one of the mass singers. <laughs> you just watched. You just watched the unmasking part. Okay. Oh, that's, but that's the whole thing. It's with like my wife basketball, and I. right? You only watched the last two minutes. No, like if let's let's say my let's say my wife and I sit down, we want to watch a movie on Netflix or something like that. We will look at the description and we'll say, okay, is this a, should we give it a chance or just go to the last twenty minutes? And half the time we just say, let's go to the last twenty minutes, and then we're yeah. like, oh, I'm glad we only watched the last twenty minutes. <laughs> Seriously, Good it works. You. you should try it. I there are shows that we've done that with. There are shows that we my that's the way my wife watches. Um, all of the home shows, right? The home reno shows. Oh, just she, get which to she the loves. End. Just show the big reveal. You know, yeah. So we'll we'll watch one of those, and and when she goes, can I watch one of my home shows? I'll say, of course, because I know what that means is that she's literally going to watch. It's going to take fifteen minutes because she knows the format so well that she knows exactly which segments she can skip and get right to the very end when they make their selection of whatever home they're going to reno or sell or flip or whatever they're going to do, and. You know, there's going to be something like a, you know, there's going to be something. They're going to find mold, or they're going to be a structural wall, or something that's going to make the budget go crazy. But it's all going to come through in the end, and it's going to be beautiful. And she just wants to see how it all turns out. So it takes like 12 minutes for her to watch that's, one of yeah, those that's shows. The way, that's the only way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a, it's a big time saver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. What do we got next? All right. Let's go and move on to our more. Uh, well, let's call it um, more newsy of news, news, the news, news. news. Um, <laughs> How many times can you use world? news in a sentence? You just did yeah, it. Yeah, the news that's everything that's prints to fit or something like that. Um, our first story here will come from Axios, and it's about our friends, of course, at Facebook. Um, and the headline here um, is Facebook Explores Paid Deals for new publishing platform. By the way, hat tip here to Frank Strong, friend and family of the show. Frank, thank you. He actually sent over another link that was covering this, but uh, this is the one we'll actually link to in the show notes. But thanks for the heads up, Frank. The uh, story opens up by saying, Facebook will soon begin testing partnerships with a small group of independent writers for its new publishing platform, sources tell Axios. The platform, which includes tools for journalists to build actual websites in addition to newsletters, will be tested with a small group of writers, some of whom Facebook plans to pay to help get the tools off the ground. The publishing platform, which has yet to be officially named, is free to use and will be integrated with Facebook pages, say sources. The pages integration will allow writers, journalists, and other types of professional experts to publish content outside of text like live videos and story status updates. In time, Facebook plans to build tools within the platform that allows writers to monetize their websites and newsletters with subscriptions and possibly other forms of revenue down the line. The story goes on to talk about the big picture here and some uh, competitive that Twitter required review and LinkedIn is planning this. Um, so <laughs> I have I have a take on this, but what, uh, what say you, Mr. Newsletter and monetization of content guy? Yeah, I it's it's very seductive for creators, and I think it. <laughs> you think? I think that the move. Yeah, I mean, this this is a, a wave we're seeing for. Yeah, the company. Devin went down to Georgia. He was looking yeah, for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind, looking to make a deal. That's exactly what's <laughs> going on here. So you've got Facebook, yep. you've got LinkedIn, Twitter, and God knows what else. They're all fighting over creators, journalists, writers, YouTubers, whatever. They're and saying, look, make this. 
your home, please. And we will take great care of you. And we will throw money at you if you build an audience. (laughs) And it scares the crap out of me. And I yeah. uh, and and I get it right. This might be a good move for some people, but at the end of the day, how many times do we have to talk about it? You you get seduced by the dark side to come into a, a and this operation, the Facebook, and it's going to be great. I'm sure it is, and you'll get lots of people to your content. But at the end of the day, you don't have any connection with those subscribers. They're not yours. They're Facebooks. You become deple- completely dependent on that machine. And it's very hard at some point if you want to move away from that and create your own platform. It's almost impossible to move away. And I would, I would just caution, <laughs> I would just caution anyone thinking about doing this, just to say, hey, yes, it might be a little more work to create our own WordPress page and email newsletter and just use social to you know talk with our community, and then you know, at, but at the end of the day, they get my content through the thing that I can control. It's harder to do that, but man, it's much, much more worthwhile to go that direction. Cause you're actually building an asset. And in this case, it's just as always rented land, but very seductive rented land comes with a probably oh, yeah. Yeah, come, like a, it's a nice two story, couple beds, bass, you know, you're looking pretty good. Oh, we will no doubt cover at some point in the near future, some major journalist or influencer who has launched their platform on oh, this. Oh, like the, and the first day. So happy and so wonderful and monetizing and creating great audiences. It, it'll be it'll be a you know it'll be a thing, right? Well, yeah, Facebook is going to do what it always does and get people on the platform and make them feel wonderful and just like they did with all the news companies and that never really worked out in my opinion. Well, but that's the thing, right? I mean, this is just them the the, the what 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 makes me giggle about this is this, you know, 3 or 4 years ago we covered this exact same story only instead of journalist, writer, influencer we were saying news outlet, magazine, publisher, right? Yeah. And it was the same exact thing. And that and that went fine until all of a sudden Australia went, huh, uh, we're not making enough money. And then all of a sudden it gets weird. Um, and now, you know, to use Facebook's <laughs> own terminology, things are a little awkward, right? You know, things are a little, a little, um, a little strange right now between our relationship with between Facebook and media companies. And, you know, it's just a, you can see the train wreck coming. You can see it coming. And 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 still look at it and go, but maybe you can make some short-term value out of it. I don't know. It's, it's you know, there's there's certainly going to be value there, to your point, right? The, it's just how much and how you invest in this thing. It's Yeah, it's weird. Even, even with something <clears throat> like uh, Substack, which is, oh, yeah, we can have our own platform, and, and Substack has all these wonderful tools. It almost feels like that is a network that's becoming so large, I get a little queasy about wanting to use it or wanting to tell a writer to go to Substack instead of creating their own thing with, with just an email marketing service and kind of doing it yeah. doing it the, the, hard, the hard, more difficult way instead of having this all-in-one. So I get concerned with any of these networks that come together. Of course, Facebook is probably the which you should be most concerned because all they want is more revenue. More revenue, more power. I'm, you know, I don't know anybody there, but I can tell. You know, I know things. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I things. Know. I just you, you know things like skipping to the I last do. 20 minutes of the mask. You know, I things. know how. Yeah, I know how to navigate these waters. So that that's my concern. And by the way, this this is going to the next two years, this is going to happen on every major platform. And you're already seeing it. TikTok, you're seeing it on um, Snapchat. Instagram's doing their it's going to be on and on and on and on where you're going to they're going to want to say, look, stay here. Don't go build your own thing. We'll make it nice and cushy for you. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And then we'll change the rules at some point. Right. They always and do. It's that it's that intervening time. Right. Because to be very clear, there have been people who have made careers on this. Right. You know, you look at somebody like a Casey Neistat or or, um, you know, many of the other YouTube influencers or, you know, people who have built their platforms 
on some sort of shared network, risen to whatever stardom, and then been able to jettison off into something else, right? Yeah. Now, maybe they jettison off into the next hot thing. Maybe they jettison off into their owned media. I think uh, John Lee Dumas is a, is a great example of that, right? Who who has built an owned media platform on top of everything he was using shared media for and done very, very well. Um, and, and I, it, you know, so, you know, it's the, you know, it, it, if it was in the 1980s that, you know, uh, you know, radio killed the, you know, or, or television killed the radio star, right? You know, it's shared media kills the YouTube star, but it's in a way, if you navigate it well, you can go rent land for a while if your strategy then figures out a way to get out of it. I, no, I'm no, not, I, I th- you know, I'm not putting my words together very well, but you know, no, what I I, mean. you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me exactly what's happening on Clubhouse right now. Clubhouse, you have this intermittent opportunity of maybe another six, nine months where you can make a name for yourself and you can generate a lot of interest in something else that you do and build your platform that way. And then yes. then after that, it's very, very difficult. And that's a great point. And that's why I think, like for me personally, I was right there, not at the very, very beginning, but, but pretty close to the beginning in Twitter, fairly active. It worked very well because I was on there early, getting a lot of followers, and it worked great for me. Same thing with LinkedIn. I was on there fairly early doing my thing, became a LinkedIn influencer, worked out fantastic for me. But you get in late on some of these other things, it's, it's very hard to make up ground. And then what do you That's do? That's right. So you're going to get the first mover advantage, and there is a thing. First mover advantage in social media is a real thing. What's happening in Clubhouse right now, first mover advantage is absolutely oh real. Oh my thing. gosh, it's, These it's people crazy. are making real I mean, there money. There are people on Clubhouse with millions of followers on Clubhouse, and you know, twenty-two followers on Twitter, Instagram, yep. Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. I mean, it's crazy how people have been, you know, and a lot, all of that, by the way, is the algorithm, you know, where those early first movers are getting suggested as being you know, you should follow them when you sign up. And, and when you sign up, you basically, you're following them unless you opt out of following them. And so that's the way they're getting well, their millions and millions you're of You're right, but there's a lot. Of, and then there's that second tier that's really working their butts off. And they're in every session. Yeah, but it's, a, it's you know, I mean, the difference is, is palpable, yeah. right? I mean, if you look at some of those, the, the, the quote unquote algorithmically, followed clubhouse people they have millions of followers and the people and i know some of these people who are spending six eight nine hours a day on clubhouse and they have you know twelve thousand fifteen thousand twenty thousand followers and i mean it's just the the difference between top level and b level is huge so and that's gonna by the way that i mean not to get off on a rant on clubhouse or anything but that is going to that, you know, uh, that's going to fall in on itself at some point. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think that it depends on what your goal is and how quickly you can get out of the gates. I mean Clubhouse generally. I don't mean people. I don't mean the building. You think Clubhouse is going to fall in on itself? Yes. Really? Absolutely. I'm convinced of that now. Why, yes. Robert? Why would you say such a thing? <laughs> I don't want to get off on a rant on Clubhouse in this episode, but I, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced now that it's, it's it's a it's a yeah I don't want to get off but it's it's yeah I don't I'm not con- yeah. I'm not convinced of that yet I'm not I've been on enough uh, we should do a special clubhouse thing on the demise of clubhouse jeez oh, <laughs> boy you're gonna get some hate hatred in that group especially as long the, as we bring Bitcoin into it um, 10x growth and the hustle and how if you're not living in your parents' garage and hustling with four side jobs, you're failing at life. That's that's the clubhouse yes, we should that's do. the clubhouse that a lot of people talk about, but there's the whole other side where you get into some real conversations and you're really helping people. And the, so it's 50-50. I, I, Which sure is I've sad been on, I've been on some... If those, if those niche, awful conversations are 50% of what's on clubhouse, that's, that's a sad commentary. But again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You have to find your, your spots in your groups. If you pick the right groups and you find the right moderators, it, it can be pretty good. 
Get off my Okay, whatever. <laughs> so we'll agree to disagree. We'll see. Six, All right, let's we'll move come along. back on that one in six months and see where we're at. Yeah. Let's move into something else that we don't agree on. Oh, what's that? Um, <laughs> which, of course, is NFTs, like we talked about last week. Although I think we will actually have uh, some good agreement on this. Um, this one comes to us from Marketing Daily on Media Post. Um, and it's about NFTs, um, but it is, this is, <laughs> this is this, you know, there's that wonderful saying that marketers ruin everything. Well, here we go. It didn't take long for marketers to jump into the world of NFTs. Charmin, that's right, the toilet paper, takes crypto leap into the NFT art world, says Media Post. The article opens up by saying, Charmin has revealed the toilet paper industry's first ever non-fungible token NFT art pieces. Non-fungible token, they say. Yes, that's right. The toilet tissue brand on Wednesday presented what it's calling a crypto collection, which consists of three original pieces of digital toilet paper art. I really did read that out loud, folks. Uh, art only available in a digital file. They'll be offering each of them in an NFT cryptocurrency auction with the proceeds going to the humanitarian aid direct relief. And it goes on to explain what NFTs are, which we don't need to do here. But basically, uh, this is Charmin uh, basically trying to, as well as you said, newsjack the whole uh, part of NFTs. Yeah. So this is, yeah. this is what do you think? Yeah, we talked about this beforehand. I am, a, I am a big proponent of the future of NFTs. But in this particular case, this is where Charmin has newsjacked as David Merriman Scott would say, the NFT uh, bubble. And at the same time, they've done a Fonzie and jumped the shark. This is a concern because now you, <laughs> you had Taco Bell get into it and ruin it for everybody to start it. And Taco Bell does this, so that's fine. Because if you've had a Taco Bell meal at 3 in the morning, you know what I'm talking about. It ruins everything. But right. you got Charmin here doing it. Now, you know, the, the, the whole TP thing on the end of NF just... It's just not good. It's not a good look, regardless. And uh, so this is a problem. I would say if you're a brand, just stay out of this. Don't you don't need a take on everything. You don't have to. You don't. Have, Charmin doesn't have to do this. Although, here it is. Somebody from Media Post covered it. Why I don't know. Yeah, it's well, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I get. I get the promotional stunt, the marketing stunt of this. Um, I, I just can't, you know, th to me, this is, th this is a brand manager with way too much time on their hands. Um, you know, th this sees the, <laughs> the, I, Charmin's president, the quote here by, by the way, this is in the article, Charmin's vice president said in a statement, a better bathroom experience can expand well beyond the seat. NFTP, get it, is a fun and playful way to give the biggest Charmin fans a one-of-a-kind virtual version of their favorite role. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Are there a lot of Charmin fans out there? I mean, do you really want to experience toilet paper more? I mean, right. And is it collectible? Well, that's I mean, the really, thing. Do we, do, do somebody else doing this for their fans? I could see. I could see somebody that absolutely loves. We mentioned Starbucks before. Absolutely love Starbucks. Could Starbucks do something? Could they have a limited set of a hundred different NFT cups that they would bring out and people would want to collect them? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's just if you get into the collectible side of it, I could absolutely see that for super fans. This, they're they're. They're trying to be playful with it, but I think it hurts. It hurts everything by doing it this way with the whole TP thing. So I wish this wasn't Charmin. I wish it was something else where you could actually have right. a fan experience. I mean, there are there 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 are there are brands out there that this might work for, right? Um, but Charmin is definitely not yeah. one of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, Harley Davidson, uh, Porsche. Uh, you know, when you get you get any well, Porsche did something. Por did Porsche by the way, Porsche has done something. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. Something where the because if you think about it from a brand standpoint, and you look at a non fungible token, the opportunity is for a super fan experience. You want a one of a kind thing. You want a one of one hundred thing. You want whatever that is. 
like Kings of Leon did, but we talked about with the with their album release. Those things are absolutely possible where brands can get involved in, but not NFTP. Yeah. BS. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's literally yeah. BS. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we got lots of TP to clean up the BS. <laughs> see what I did there? That's pretty good. Yeah, I see what you did there. On, yeah, on we the, sort of skipped to the end of, the uh, as it were, to, to the end of uh, the, the the mask but, and, and, and unmasked it, as it were. But again, we've talked about this mania and the bubble, if you will, of NFTs. We don't know how long this bubble is going to last. It could be like uh, seltzer. I mean, remember when seltzer, the hard seltzer stuff came out like two years ago? And we said, huh. That's only going to last five minutes. Well, it's still going on. We've been in that bubble for a long time. We could be in this bubble for a yeah, long, Yeah, well, long did you time. see, well, you saw that, I mean, you saw the other news, which we didn't put into the show notes, um, but we guys, I guess we could put a link in there, um, that there seems to be some controversy over the whole Beeple NFT thing now because it seems as though the buyer of the Beeple thing for $69 million was... The head of the uh, an Ethereum, um, uh, uh, I guess, investment firm, if you will, and Beeple actually has a two percent stake in that firm, so they're business partners. Oh, you just did you see I that? I did not see that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so basically, everybody's like eh, conflict of interest. Anybody? Because um, basically, it's you know, it's the. You know, it's a classic, you know, it's a marketing stunt, right? You know, basically you, you go buy something and, and, and ultimately it boosts the value of your own company. And so he, he wins, you know, so whether that $69 million will ever actually change hands is anybody's guess. And I'm looking at the news. I don't see any, I see the thing that from the Washington Post that it's not his first people, but I don't see the conflict of interest. So, I'll find it and, yeah. and and we'll put it in the sh- in, in the show notes. It was a it was a uh, it, it was a it was a Twitter stream and they had some link to some sources. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, By the way, everyone, I mean, if you if you don't realize it, there there's a ton of money out there in the NFT space because if it's all there is it all, now, well, it all but the other thing, I don't know if you know how some of this works, but most of the sites like Rarible and OpenSeas which is a marketplace like eBay, they work on, they take Ether. Uh, and Ether, obviously, on the Ethereum network. Uh, so you have Bitcoin is the most popular, and they have Ether as secondary. I mean, a lot of people were buying Ether when it was worth like a do- US dollar years ago. And even back into, I believe it was March or April, uh, it was a, one Ether was about $100. And now it's like $1,800. So yeah. that's it's a lot of it's it's there's it's a lot of millionaires huge. out there spending yeah. oh, a lot of ether. A lot, yeah. There's a lot of of crypto millionaires right now. And and by the way, and and this is gets to our conversation last time. Uh, if you have an NFT and you tr- and you trust whatever's going on, which you know, do your due diligence. It's much better than any certificate of authentic authenticity that you could ever get for any other collectible. Since it's on the network, it's in that. Um, on the on the chain, you can double check it. It's all you always goes back to the trust of the creator, and that's how you check it. So it's easily um, you can't forge it like you can a certificate of authenticity. So that's why I love it as a collector. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You just go wait back to our discussion of last week. Yeah. Hey, man. I'll tell you what. You just stay on your lawn. <laughs> You just stay there and watch the world just well, pass you by. You know, by. I mean, our friend and family of the show, Dennis Shaw, had a, had, a, had a great point of this, right? When he was talking about that idea of the technology, right? And he and I had a little bit of a back and forth on this where he was saying, you know, it is trusting the technology, right? You know, it's, and, and it reminded him of back in the day when we used to say about e-commerce that we didn't trust it, Um because we didn't trust putting our credit card over the internet. And and that's absolutely true. And the te- by the way, the, the technology I'm a fan of, I, I don't think the problem is in the technology. The problem is in the people. Um, and, you know, because my response to him was, yes, it, the technology is fine, but this the, the metaphor here that should be extended is the argument against e-commerce 
uh, or excuse me, for e-commerce used to be right because you trust the waiter who walks off with your credit card, right? You know, so you should trust e-commerce because you already trust the waiter who walks off with your credit card and then puts it into the, you know, has it for however much time to be able to do what they need to do to charge you for your meal. I said, this metaphor with with NFTs is not trusting the technology of credit cards, it's trusting the waiter because you're trusting the holder of that certificate that they're not going to do untoward things. And, you know, now I know the same is true in the physical world as well, but it's, you know. I don't know. I I don't understand that because if you, if let's say there's an artist out there and then you purchase something from the artist. So it's transfers the ownership in the, in the contract on the, on the network and you have that and you can always check with the artist to say, oh yeah, this is mine. I've got to see it. I can see it right on the network because there's the artist's uh, chain and there's, that's my, that's my thing. I own it. Right. So, but there's nothing. What? But they, but they, but so, and this is, we don't want to run down the rat hole again. We don't have to talk about it. I just, you know, I, here's what I would recommend. You should just go, go try it. Go check around. Here's what I think. I was actually going to suggest this to you. I think we should issue, and I'm and I'm totally serious here. But this might be a little fun project for us. I think we should go issue the very first PNR um, when it was called PNR. The PNR is this old marketing issue episode number zero zero one, and we should issue that as an as an NFT and see what happens. All right, I'll I'll do, let's do some research. And we're we will we will do that. And I have the original files. I do too. Actually, yeah, we both do. So who owns it? <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> no, but now we're now we are saying we are both the owners. We are co-owners of this. Yeah, and we will then say this is it. This is the original. We're going to lock it up. That's right. And even the ones that we're going to have before all the other are copies now. We have that's the original. Right. Because they That's trust right. us. It is the original. That's right. All right. I think that'd be fun because I, I think that there's probably a future in, and it, of course, it's going to happen in the next week where people are going to NFT their first blog post and NFT their first logo and yep. all that stuff. We might as well. And I reserve, and, and, and here, as we say this, I reserve the right for shenanigans. Uh, shenanigans on whose part? Oh no no no! no just I, I'm just saying it for the record. I res, I reserve the right of shenanigans. All right, we have to figure out what we're going to sell. Well, maybe we'll put it out on auction. We'll put it out on auction. Yeah, that's exactly we'll, right. That's where that's we'll where do I want to put it. it. Yeah, and we'll, then we'll we'll do we'll it. Publicize for, it. Can and we do it we'll for make charity? A thing out of it, and we'll see what happens. Can we do it for charity? Anything we make? Yes, for perfect. Even better. Okay, we'll do it. Well, if we if you're okay with doing it for Orange Effect, we'll just all the yeah, proceeds oh, go oh, to even, charity. Uh, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant. I love that. Oh, this is this is going to be th- if this if this even makes a dollar, we're doing episode 2. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a special episode just, on just no, this. I'm yeah. saying we're going to we're going to NFT every one of our episodes. <laughs> we're going to NFT everything. Because good. Then then we'll have we'll get on that service. You see that kid that people can vote on what he does every day. And you get That's five right. votes for five bucks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that exactly. sitting there? It's like, what do you want me to do now? Okay, you spent 10 bucks. Yes, I'll go brush my teeth. Okay. What show is this? <laughs> what? Is this a, what show are we are we talking about marketing here? We are okay. indeed. What are we We are indeed. You know what we should do now is we should move right into our rants and rave oh, section because it is a perfect segue to move right from that NFT into our rants and raves where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that, well, makes us feel like we've got an Oscar nomination or something that makes us feel like we were looked over again. Um, let's see, you you go first. Or do you have, you've got a rave this week, yes? I do have a rave. And if All I right. could find the rave on my, oh, here it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is from a couple days ago, March 11th. This is from Search Engine Journal, although you can find it many, many other places. We've talked about this, I don't know what it was, Robert, six months ago. But Google opens enrollment for career certification courses. Says that Google is now opening enrollment for its three career certification courses in data analytics, project management, 
and user experience design. And as you know, I've been talking about this a long time where I believe that the entire higher educational industry is going to be disrupted by the likes of Amazon, Google, and brands if they wish to do so. Uh, Google seems to be the one taking it most seriously. What I love most about this is that they are actually treating this as a, it could be a replacement for college. And Google's doing this because they can do it. They say, if you go get this career certification, first of all, you spend one-tenth or whatever it is that you would spend going to any college. It's less time. Uh, but from what I can gather and looking at some of this stuff, it's really, really good information. Of course, it follows the you know kind of how Google would want to teach it. And they will accept it. If you go apply for a job at Google, they will consider this a college equivalent, college degree equivalent. That is huge. So let's say this starts, that is huge. Yeah. Let's say this starts with Google. Who's next? Amazon? Sure is. Next, Apple. Intel, AMD, whatever, down the board that these courses will come out. They will accept them as college equivalent. And what does that do to people wanting to go to college? Now, my take is, first of all, I'm still a fan of college. I still want my two boys to go to college. But do I think they will get a better education in college that they can get online? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I absolutely don't. I I think that you can get right now, you can get through a variety of different things, Coursera and YouTube and whatnot, you can find just as good or better education, accessible education online. Why do you go to the college? You have the college experience. That's what I look at. Like I'm like, go, you know, go meet people. Go get into trouble. Go, go. Do well, university, things. university was always, you know, university versus trade school, right? It, you know, university was always going to learn how to think, not what to think, right? Yeah. And it's and and it's the it's the experience of the university that was always the most valuable part of the university experience. It wasn't the knowledge that you got. You could get that from any book, right? Any the the actual factual knowledge. It was the it was the experience of university and being challenged and being. But I um, I don't you know yes yes you are correct. But I don't agree with the fact that ten years ago or let's even say twenty years ago for sure. You couldn't get that quality of education. You could not find it in books. Now you can go. No, I agree with that. I that's agree what I'm saying. That. Like it's today, much better. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Today, yeah, you yeah. literally can get the best of the best education online in almost anything you want to go toward. Oh, you can do an entire MIT yeah, um, exactly. you know, MBA online if you want to. You can take all those classes. So the point is, is that do you want to spend $52,000 a year? to get a college degree for four years in whatever it is when you can get the equivalent for $5,000 or less if, that, if you're just after the education. This, so this is, this is going to be really, really disrupted. My point is, is that I think brands really need outside of Google and Amazon who are really doing it right now. And we've talked about uh, Schneider Electric and their uni- Energy University. It's a great case study to look at. I think more brands really need to get on this because if you're not thinking, how can we be the leading informational expert, education expert in our industry and do the same thing Google's doing, I think you're definitely missing out right now. I think every major enterprise should have some plan for this right now. I I could not agree with you more. I I think that is such an important point, you know, and it's, and quite frankly, it's an opportunity in marketing that universities are missing right now. They're just completely missing the boat by marketing that by trying to compete with knowledge rather than the experience. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm as you know, I mean, wrote a book on this whole thing, but but uh, you know, I'm big into experiential marketing. But but the where universities are truly losing their way from a communications and marketing perspective is they still continue to market themselves as come get your learning here instead of come learn, you know, come experience university here. That's right. And that is, you know, and uh, honestly, I think just to exactly to your point, there's an opportunity for brands to market what you just talked about and there's an opportunity for brands to start building and marketing the the university experience as well. I wish, and I think you're starting to see it, at least with some of the commercials and the online ads that I'm seeing. But 
but that you've hit the nail on the head because you there's no way a private or even a public university can compete with anything online when it comes to the the getting education for a reasonable price. <laughs> yeah, it's all about this exactly experience. Right. So what do you yeah, what are you paying for? You're paying for that experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know and for companies that have 50,000, 60,000, 100,000 employees, I'm surprised actually that Amazon hasn't done this yet, right? With the number of employees that they have. They're working on it to though. establish a four-year curriculum for just developing their own employees seems, you know, just such good investment. They're they're close. They are de- they've got all kinds of educational programs. It's a little bit disjointed right now from my from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> not the callback to Nomadland is a <laughs> here we go. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, by, by the way, that is the movie that I've seen, and that's an interesting movie. But uh, it's a really interesting movie. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I, I would. So, any enterprise marketers listening to this, get on it. You know, this is right. This is right now. I would say you get her done. Yeah, another year. Launch this baby. Let's do it. Just yeah. like your NFT. Absolutely. Same thing. Come on, Charmin. There Where's we go. Toilet Paper University. <laughs> Right, exactly. You want softer butts. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> What's yours? Um, you got a rant or a rave? I have a rant. Um, well, I don't know if it's just, just commentary more than anything else. Um, for any longtime listener of the show, you'll know that I have probably the only political issue that I ever sort of get off on a rant about publicly, at least, is uh, net neutrality. Um, and... Interestingly, there was some news about that this week um, as a judge here in California has finally stood up um, for the law here in California, which uh, established net neutrality as a law and won in court um, against AT&T. The news that we'll link to, although there are a number of obviously outlets that are covering this, is from a media post. And I chose this one specifically because of the headline. Um, because at its source, at its, at its, it, this, this gets to exactly the marketing spin that is going on with the ISPs, um, which is the headline here is that AT&T will end data-free TV. And basically, if you were to read the article, which says AT&T said Wednesday, well, it will discontinue its controversial data-free TV, which exempted its own video streams from subscribers' data caps. Uh, And that's as a result of the California net neutrality law. So what that means in actuality is for, and I think you even have this, um, if you're on AT&T and you stream HBO Max or basically anything under the Warner Brothers, which is owned by AT&T streaming media, you're exempt, those streams are exempted from AT&T's data data caps. Got it, okay. On your plan which is illegal here in California because they're actually prioritizing their own, um, their own data at the expense of, uh, at the expense of others. Now at, at its surface and the way that you, you could read this headline and other, by the way, that are out there being, you know, being promoted by the, the ISP industry, you could go, Oh, California is taking away through regulation, some cool feature that the audience is enjoying based on, you know, based on their net neutrality law. And it's exactly the opposite of that. And I want to, that's my rant, I guess, is that we have to understand that AT&T offering up free services, quote unquote, to you who subscribe to HBO Max that doesn't count toward your data cap means that they're building in the monopoly that actually keeps you you know, there basically it, it, it removes competition. So yes, it's good for you today, but it is bad for you in everything else. Because if you want to go watch Ted Lasso, or if you want to go watch something else, you are now paying a premium for that. You're not getting really a discount. You're paying a premium for everything else. And that's the, that's why net neutrality is such an important thing is that it is important because all the data streams that we get as consumers should be free of priority. In other words, 
And, and that affects us as marketers in such a strong way. I can't stress this enough. We, we look at this and go, oh, it's really just Netflix versus Apple versus Amazon versus, you know, everything else. But guess what doesn't get prioritized? Your website, your, you know, your ability to communicate online, your, you know, all of that is what you then pay for basically at a premium versus, and guess what gets squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And there might be no better example than this, what happened last year. And one of the reasons that the net neutrality law went into effect here in California with such a strong uh, 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 proponents for it was because Verizon ended up throttling the bandwidth of firefighters who were trying to fight some of the horrible fires that happened in Northern California. And they were throttling because, quite frankly, they were using data that wasn't premium data and, and basically had and ran out. They ran out their, you know, they ran out. So they had to start paying and paying and paying. And they ended up paying three times, four times, five times as much for that data and ultimately getting it throttled down to speeds that weren't helping them communicate during this fire. And so it's an important thing. And I wanted to just call out, um, where the judge here in the state basically said, listen, you know, the idea of deregulation, you know, here in terms of net neutrality, what AT&T's main complaint was where they're saying, well, it's really hard because there's a patchwork of state regulations and it's really hard because every state has their own thing. But what they failed to mention, of course, is that AT&T and the industry has been fighting tooth and nail against any sort of federal net neutrality rule because that would preempt the states from making their own laws. <laughs> so it's 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 really kind of comical when you start to look at the arguments for this that the industry is making. And so that's, yeah, I mean, I go read the article, then read some of the other articles about it. It's important for us as marketers, as content creators, as anyone who's going to depend on free and unfettered access to the internet uh, over time. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a troubling thing and we need to pay attention. And to it. I don't, I don't think something like this is going to go away for a long time because of the fact it's that, not. well, you you have basically five, six companies are owning all of this stuff. Yeah, there's just Verizon. But you can argue that Verizon and AT and T are two of the biggest media companies on the planet right now. Oh, that's for sure. Absolutely, you got those two, and then on the other side, you've got your Amazons, Googles, Microsofts, the you know the fan companies, and it's right at some point. Who well, well, but by the way, Amazon, Netflix, all them, they don't have any skin in the game when it comes to ISP, so they will be fighting for net neutrality because sure. they are the ones who get dinged. Right? Netflix, for example, gets dinged on this. It's uh, it's almost like you've got a too big in in every one of these industries that are going on. They're just they're just too big. I'm I'm not a person that wants to see companies broken up, but at some point, how big do you, you have just to have get? to start? Yeah, I mean, you know, I my 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 take on this is that we just have to realize that internet access is very much as important as. Uh, electricity and yeah. gas and it's a you know it's a utility these days it is absolutely a utility and it needs to be made as available and as free For, and yeah. unfettered as other utilities amen absolutely great great point because yeah you've been on this for a while so yeah all right my friend what else you got right, going well, on yeah what do you got this week uh you know i'm just uh I think maybe the next episode I'll talk because we'll have the the web page for the new business, the tilt up. I'll talk a little bit about that. But we've oh, got everybody, fantastic. everybody moving forward. We're talking, you know, our core audience is what we're calling content entrepreneurs, content creators that want to make a sustainable business out of the, the thing they're doing. Uh, yeah, building their audiences. So I'm, we're really moving forward in that direction. I love so, it. Yeah. So next week I'll I'll talk with everybody more about it as we've got the website launched and then we have an official launch. On, I think it's April 6th or April 7th. So lots of lots of goodness to come. I thought yeah. I was done and launching maybe we'll have an NFT of episode number one. Exactly. Oh, yes. I'm going to, yeah, we got to do all this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to work on this NFT thing. So yeah, it'll be fun. So you, what, do you, really what fun. are you doing this week? Uh, you know, we are heads down right now. I mean, I know I, I, I sound like a broken record here, but, but the last three weeks have truly been, um, and look, I'm happy about it. You know, the fact that I'm so busy with client work right now, it's just a, 
really nice thing. Um, doing some writing, just launched the new episode of Marketing Makers on uh, Content Marketing Institute, nice. um, which I'm super happy about. It's a fun one on video. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really getting good at this whole Final Cut Pro thing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting good at the video editing thing. Um, but yeah, just working, just working and enjoying the beautiful Southern California weather. Very good, my friend. Sounds good. All right. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We are signing off. And if you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes, dive into any of the other 262 episodes. Won't you please? Can't you please? Won't you do it? And that devil went down to Georgia. Go over to our shiny new website, won't you? Thisoldmarketing.site. Check it out. We want to thank the really good folks over at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site. You can get your own .site domain over there at Radix, and they're just wonderful about that. And it's a really cool way to get the domain you want. And until we meet again next week, well, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you on the next episode of This Old Marketing. 